Hello everyone and welcome back to the Football Shagoo podcast. My name is Thomas Durning and today I'm joined by my co-host Pierce McLaughlin. Hi, how are you doing? I'm doing well. On today's podcast, we'll be discussing and reviewing Scotland's two Euro qualifying group stage matches against Cyprus and Spain. And at the end, Pierce will give his Asian football roundup. Coming up next, we will be discussing the Scotland versus Cyprus match. So on Sunday, Scotland defeated Cyprus. Uh, sorry, on Saturday, Scotland defeated Cyprus 3-0, which was Scotland's first winning start to a Euro qualification campaign since 2006. Pierce, what was your thoughts of the match? Uh, I thought the, the match against Cyprus was a bit of a slow burner. Um, although Scotland won in 1-0 and they didn't look in, in any danger of conceding a goal, the, the substitutes about I think it was about the 70th minute mark. McTominay, um, Dykes and a few others came on and kind of freshened things up. I think it was Christie as well. Um, they came on and added a really spark to the team and ended up get McTominay getting two goals in, uh, from like the 85th minute onwards. I think two goals in like five minutes. Him and Christie and Dykes, the three of them impacted the, the result, making it a very comfortable 3-0 win on paper. But it was mo- more a frustration then obviously the three of them getting the start on uh, last night against Spain. But in terms of that, it's a f- f- fantastic achievement to kick off a winning c- campaign because usually Scotland are always kind of towards the end chasing to try and nick qualification. Whereas getting six points and obviously winning your first game, it kind of and it gives you that kind of platform to go on and hopefully have a chance of going through it as a top two, one of the top two seeds in the group. Yeah. Um, well, I watched the game, um, and I agree. It was, it was a flat kind of performance. I just felt the, I just felt the time of the kickoff as well. It was like a two o'clock in the afternoon, Saturday. You know, I just felt like the fans, like I, I felt the fans were a bit flat, and I felt like the the performance was a bit flat. You know, um, Cyprus, they came to the game and just kind of sat sat and defended the whole game. They didn't really want to they weren't really adventurous in terms of pushing players forward. They just kind of sat there. And Scotland found it very hard to break them down. Uh there was a lot of the play was very slow. Um, you know, not a lot of chances were getting created. Um and I just think that kind of impacted the fans as well. Um I just think the it was a very flat performance, but listen, it was one of the performances in games where just get the win. And you know, move on. Uh, you know, obviously, we got the first goal with John McGinn in about the twentieth minute. And you know, after that, well, I thought that right, we'll we'll relax a bit more and we'll we'll be a bit more creative and we'll go on and win this quite comfortably. But it didn't kind of go out. Didn't kind of turn that way. It kind of the game kind of dragged a bit more. And then, as you said, it was until the subs came on. And they, I think it was Christy McTominay when they came on. Especially, I felt that the the performance, you know, really changed because when it's one 0 you know, the our team was still in the game. So, um, yeah, Scott McTominay and Christy came on, and I felt, you know, the, the performance was a little bit better. And then when McTominay got the second goal, you know, that was a game done. And then obviously got the third goal. So, um, no, it was a great start. Three goals, three points. Not the best performance, but it doesn't really matter. Um, I was going to ask you about uh, Angus Gunn. 
he obviously made his debut for Scotland on Saturday. So, what was your thoughts? How do you think he he done? Um, I don't think I wrote anything to do. To be honest, um, I think my grand could have put in goals. <laughs> but uh, no, in terms of it, it's good to get um, a clean sheet his debut and then back up again for another one. But um, it's good to see him get a start. He, he did look quite a presence in goals, even though he didn't have much to do. He looked quite composed. Um, but no, it's good to see him get his uh, first start across the Kelly and there's a couple of good goalkeepers, but they've, they've not been like. Like dominant in the SPL this season, they've been quite inconsistent because I know both of them are top quality keepers. Because Scotland have always, we just top quality keepers. You look at Craig Gordon, Al McGregor, David Marshall. I mean, the list goes on. Um, Andy Gorham as well. So we've always been blessed in that department. But now he looks a presence and he looks quite a calming. And that's the thing. Like Scotland are built on having a solid foundation at the back and. With a good defence and a good goalkeeper, you can build, and it's a good platform to build on. Uh, and I think we'll do his confidence really good, to be honest, that he can maybe go on and win more caps. And the fact is, he's at a good age as well, what, 26? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 26 or 27. Aye, it's a good age um, for probably till about 40. No, uh, no, I agree. Um, it was a perfect debut for him because they hardly had anything to do. Mm. Um, you know, I think, that's, I think that's a perfect game for a goalie to have a debut because, like, the, I think Steve Clark kind of had a feeling that Cyprus weren't really going to come out and you know be you know be very attacking. So for for Angus Guntis to come in and, and didn't really do anything. I mean, he had one moment. I think it was in the first half where he slipped, and uh, you know it was a bit of a bit of a nervous moment. But it, I mean, it was. I mean, he quickly he quickly sorted it all out. But um, no, he was he was really good. You know, his kicking was really good. Um, <laughs> He looks really tall. Uh, he was really tall, you know, for a keeper. Um, kind of got that Craig Gordon build. Um, you know, he's a good age as well, so I don't see why not. He can't. He can't stay as Scotland number one for years to come. Yeah, it was a good. It was, it was quite full circle as well because it was um, before the match. Obviously, Steve Clark announced he got a new deal until Euro twenty twenty six, and then obviously his first game in charge of Scotland four years ago was Cyprus. But obviously, three three nil is a better result than the two one nervy one who had in, in the first time. But it just shows you the how far the squad is coming in that time. No, absolutely. Um, but it was a perfect performance, and we'll now move on to Scotland's next match, which was against Spain. So this was last night, and Scotland defeated Spain two 0 which was Sorry, Scotland's first win. Again, <laughs> there was. Scotland defeated Spain 2-0, which was Scotland's first win against Spain since 1984. Pierce, what was your thoughts about the match? Absolutely buzzing. What a result. I don't, I don't think... I think we'll be sweeping this result for about 20, 30 years down the line. It was absolutely fantastic. Steve Clark got his game plan absolutely spot on. Because, as you know, Spain are very technical on the ball, but they, they were not allowed to play. The amount of energy, the pressing... The the one in the fouls, just just disrupting their play. It was absolutely spot on. And how many times did you see Spain pass the ball at the pitch last night? Or they were going down, diving, trying to win penalties, trying to get Andy Olsen sent off. And no, nah, that it was just it was just it was just it was just nice to see. Cause I was like, see, as soon as we got to the first goal, early on, that kind of set us up. So we so we didn't really have to like commit forward. We can just kind of let them 
top of us, and then we can just break. And it was just, just it was a perfect game plan because I don't think anyone's seen us take the lead within like the first five minutes. And what a start it was, to be honest. Um, but no, a lot of the players were rattled. You seen they were getting really agitated, and to be honest, it was quite a feisty encounter. Yeah, um, do you know, I, I don't know why, but I always said, like I said, that I just felt more confident about the Spain game than I did the Cyprus game because I just think the way Scotland set up under Steve Clark, like, um, I just think it suits them when teams have more of the ball and Scotland can set up defensively and hit teams in the counter-attack. I, I just think it suits them. And yeah, as you said, like, what a brilliant performance it was. Um. A night, a night, Hamden Park game. You know the fans were they were right up for it from the first minute. I mean, that was I mean, it looked brilliant, mm. uh, and the players were just you know from the first minute they were just they just looked so up for it and they looked so organised. Uh, the pressing at the front was really good, uh, and you know obviously with the goal for Scott McTominay in the first five minutes, that's a perfect start. That's what you want against teams like Spain. Um, you know they did get better. I, I think for the first twenty minutes they were. They were pretty poor, but they kind of settled down a bit. Had a few chances, um, hit the crossbar. But, um, you know, Scotland looked, still looked a threat, and then they obviously got the second goal. And I think after that, I don't really think Scotland were really troubled. I think Spain were, you know, they just kind of, I mean, they, they had all the ball, dominated the ball, but they didn't really carry anything. I think Angus Gunn was, was quiet. I don't really remember him making a save, like a really good save to... You know, you know, uh, first been trying to get back into it. So, uh, no, it was it was a perfect performance. Um, and I was actually going to mention as well. Uh, obviously the man in the moment, Scott McTominay. That's now four goals in two games for Scott McTominay. Um, so do you think he's one of Scotland's most crucial players? I th- I, th- I certainly do. He's got a pre- he's got a presence about him. And I remember last year he's he's won an only goal before uh, this international break. Was a goal against who? Who was it? Iceland or something? Or was it? Um, no, Israel. The three two. So that was a, a crucial goal back then in the quest to Euro twenty twenty qualification. But no, um, I don't think anyone would have seen that. But the way he's going, he could easily displace Bruno Fernandes at Manchester United as a camp. <laughs> he's got the goals. No, but seen so many finishes by the way were yeah. outstanding, especially the second one. The way he just comes on and just rockets it into the bottom corner. Leaving Kepa, no chance. But he's got a praise about him. But I, I, I just, I just love the midfield. It's like the perfect balance for me. When you've got Callum McGregor at the base of it, and then you've got John McGinn, and then John McGinn pressing, and his arse can just literally just back at any anybody. It's like a big truck that no one can just get off him. And then you've got the height of McTominay, and he's got the composure on the ball as well. And then you've got Christie who just runs all day long. So it's like the perfect balance and just Dykes who just big man holds it off front and it gets us out and then obviously with the five at the back as well with the full back, the wing back's just bombing on. And obviously I thought it was good to see um good to see the best day like Tierney again last night. Cause he's not been playing for like Arsenal and he that second goal with that run was just it was, reminded me of when he was back at Celtic to be honest. Like 'cause it usually like at Arsenal now he's on the bench and he's put playing more of kinda a different role. More kind of defensive minded, and obviously when in Scotland he's like the left centre half. So, so, so him and T.A. Robertson alternate. I thought the two of them were absolutely outstanding last night, as well as a lot of the players were. Yeah, I think all the players were. I mean, they were, they were all brilliant. Um, you know, going forward and defensively, 
Uh, I'm just going back to Scott McCormany. Uh, I actually do think he's one of Scotland's crucial, most crucial players. Um, you know, I don't know, he just always seems, every time I watch him play for Scotland, you know, he's obviously not from Scotland, he's from, you know, Manchester, but, like, he just seems to love playing for playing for Scotland, you know, he's always, um, you know, he always just looks so up for it, you know, he's, he's especially his second goal last night was, was brought, what a finish that was, with his bad foot as well, he's left it. Yeah. Um, I, I think he's, I think he's brilliant, uh, you know, but the, the good thing is about the Scotland team is that, although I'm saying that Scott McCormley is one of our most crucial players, you know, you know, even if he doesn't play, you know, there's, there's so much, you, you could play Billy Gilmore, you could play Ryan Jack, you could play Stuart Armstrong in the midfield, Cal McGregor, obviously, uh, there's just so much, Lewis Ferguson as well, who's doing really well, you know, there's just so much competition now that these kind of, these players, you know, they, they, they want to do well for their country, uh, not a bit, a, a, I mean, what a moment for him, and we're obviously talking about a lot about the players here, but, I've got I've got to mention Steve Clark. Um, what do you think of the job he's done since he's since he joined? I he's done probably the best job I've seen in in my lifetime. Um, it's the fact is it's like say about four or five years before before his reign when it came to national break, you like, don't know how to watch it. Scott might just bottle it again, or um, they just they don't excite you, or they would get results, but they'd they'd win, and then he'd lose a few, and then you'd be like. Typical Scotland losing four five all the way from home. Um, but no, the way the way he's got it's the way it's, it's more the unity, it's unity in the players and the fans. Because last night the stadium was absolutely electric, and you can see that, and and even see like people are just infatuated to be the national team again. It's good to see because if that is, he's actually brought the whole country back together, Steve Clark, and I don't think that was possible. He done a fantastic job at Kamarnock. Um. And look what the other struggling without him now, and it just shows you. And he's in transition to the national team, and he he plays this system where it's just perfect for the players. Like you said, uh, Billy Gilmore, Kenny McLean, Lewis Ferguson, Ryan Jack, Stuart Armstrong, Shea Adams. Oh, some of these players don't always start right, but when they're called upon, they fit into the system perfectly, and it gets results. And that's the most important thing: Scotland getting results. Scotland getting to major tournaments and the fact is, is Scotland getting to Euro 2020 that was a major milestone in his reign and I can see Scotland well on the way to Euro 2024 although it's early premature but under Steve Clark you can see you can see it's going in the right direction and it's positive we're playing nice football we're defensively solid and come on beat a European giant of Spain a team that's won 2010 World Cup, Euro 2008 and Euro 2012, and they got to the Euro the Euro semi final in 2020. So let's not be around the bush. They're not a bad side. They're going for a transition, losing key players like Ramos, Busquets, Iniesta, stuff like that. But they've not. They're going for a transition period, and but although they underestimated because they made several changes last night for the team that beat Norway. No, they did. They did, um, and I think that. I think that made Scotland even more determined to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Steve Clark, I mean, it's quite it's quite incredible the job he's done. I think um, because when he joined in twenty nineteen, the Scotland team was well. Let's be honest, it was in a really bad place. You know, players didn't want to play. Players were just deciding that they would rather rest during the international break and not want to come up and and play for the play for Scotland. But he's just come in and 
I, I, the biggest thing for me with Steve Clark is that he's just so calm. Like nothing that he never he never seems to get ahead of himself. You know, he's he's just so calm. You know, he just looks to the next game, and you know, as you said, like the unity he's brought to this team again is just brilliant. And I mean, I think the players the players look like they love him. Like obviously he signed a new deal last week, and I think I think a few of the players since then have really have mentioned that you know that's kind of calmed the group down a bit. You know, because they know what the future is now. And, uh, you know, it's just the organisation as well for me. Like, every, everything they play, every every player that plays, they just know exactly what they're doing. I mean, defensively, we just, Scotland look like, I mean, the, I mean, it must be it must be so hard to play against because, like, although, like, they do sit in and they play defensively, and it might not be everyone's, you know, cup of tea, but it, it works and they get results. And, uh, no, I, I think it's a brilliant job. I really do, and you know, he does get criticism a lot, Steve Clark. But you know, he, he deserves all the accolades because he's he's done a brilliant job. And I was just wanting to mention, obviously, you were just talking about Spain there and their transition, and there was a few of the comments last night. I heard, I think, from Rodri, the, yep. the captain. He said that he accused the Scotland team of you know the, the way they play is a bit rubbish. Uh, what do you think? What, what did you think his comments when you heard that? It's a bit, um, bit, um, bit, bit rich coming from him because uh, I don't think Spain excited anyone when the way they played. Like they were going down at every opportunity, um, trying to get players booked, going like this to the referee, and they were diving for penalties. I remember Horslow went down kicking Grant Hanley's leg. It was a standing leg, and was going for a goal kick, and he was rolling about. And then Pedro Porro tried to get Andy Robertson sent off by literally turning into his shoulder. And the fact is. Spain play so predictable. They're very vulnerable at the back. Their full-backs push on and they leave two centre-backs exposed with Rodri in front of it. And they've not got any lightning pace and up front they've not really got a, like the big man, what? Hosola. He, he was a flop at Newcastle. And then they're bringing on 35-year-old Iago Aspas. Good player, but 35, come on. Um, but the fact is they made so many changes, but the fact is they play such a boring style and yet again he's one to talk because he, he left he left a few nasty because a lot of Arsenal fans if you read on social media like, he'd done a nasty challenge on Odegaard on Friday's game and then he's, he done he left one on Tierney last night as well so Iniski can I can I watch yourself because um, it sounds a bit um, uh, butthurt to be honest yeah no I, I feel I, 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 I don't agree with what he said um, no. I felt I mean uh, I don't mind. Obviously, he's annoyed that they've lost the game, but I felt he should have, you know, shown a bit more class because yeah. I think Scotland did deserve. I, I, I think I'm, I think Scotland deserved to win the game. You know, we created the better chances. Um, and yeah, just just a word on Spain. Um, they're obviously going through, as you said, they are going through a transition. You know, they're not the same team as they were, you know, ten years ago. Um, uh, I mean, it does sound like the new manager there has a lot of work to do. With the team, uh-huh. um, because you know they never really looked like scoring last night, apart from ten minutes in the first half. But after that, they weren't really, didn't really threaten Scotland. So, uh, no, they've got a lot of work to do. Um, but they are still a top team, and it's a brilliant result for Scotland. And a final question: Do you think Scotland will qualify for Euro twenty twenty four? Absolutely, top of the group. I I just do. Like that. See, see, and the fact is, it's Rogers' comments as well. Steve Clark will pin it up in the dressing room and see when you play them away in Spain. 
that'll be the motivation right there because that you know that is that's arrogance and it's underestimated Scotland's ability because Scotland's a team they're a bunch of individuals and we've got the perfect system and you can see they've not got the perfect system yet although they beat Norway who've got a good side but they made what was it eight changes from that side so that's a bit of arrogance thinking they can just oh we'll just play the fringe players against Scotland and we'll get a comfortable win no that's not that's not how that's not how international football works and that's what was like putting your heart and soul, determination. And Scotland put a lot more fight, a lot more energy into the game last night. And although we didn't have a lot of possession, but when we had possession, we looked dangerous and we created the most dangerous chances. Like, like you said, the only chance that Spain really had was from crosses, and which is very unlike Spain. Because Spain is also known for ticky-tacky football. They've got very good technical players, fast players. They can beat a man 1v1, but their best chances came from crosses. And Scotland invited the crosses in because Scotland, more often than not, last night dealt with it. Because you'd Tierney, Hanley, and Porteous were all at the back, were colossal at the back, put their head on everything. And then you've got big, once you get past them, you've got a massive man that is Angus Gunn, six foot five. So, no, nah, I felt quite confident. But um, no, I do think we can qualify. But yet again, let's try down expectations. Let's just one game at a time. And obviously, the next game's. For that, uh, the next Euro uh, qualifiers is in June. So when the season's finished, so you never know with former players, injuries, hopefully everything's all right. And obviously the season finishing in June, so players might be going on holiday or might not be fully match fit. So just take it one game at a time, but no, absolutely perfect start of the campaign. Six points to six, five goals scored, zero conceded. Can't ask for much better than that. No, um, as you said, no, I mean, there's there's still a long way to go. I mean, we're only two games in the, the group stage. In my opinion, I, I do think Scotland will uh, qualify automatically, you know, because there's also two teams that can go through. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just think, I just think with the way Scotland set up and I just think with the unity, especially with the fans, um, I just think they've got a lot going for them. Uh, as you said, the, the next camp for Scotland is really big. It's Norway away. So they're going to be playing in Oslo, and it's Georgia at home. So these two games, these next two games for Scotland are really big. And as you said, it's a summer camp, so players might be more tired. You know, it's the end of the season. It could be injuries, so we might not have our best team. Uh-huh. So we'll see what we're like coming out of that. And if we get two positive results, then I think Scotland are in a really, really good position. They are in a good position right now, but there's still also a long way to go. But no. I do. I've got a good feeling. I think they will. Yeah. I think they will qualify. And the thing is, well with Scotland, like you've got players that are not even in the squad that can still play crucial roles. Like you look at players like Anthony Nelson, Greg Taylor, David Turnbull, players at um, uh, Aberdeen and whoever else down the Premier League. But um, like players that are on the fringe, like even Shankland last night, going for two minutes. I think he's got what 16, 17 goals this season, maybe more. I think twenty. Was it twenty odd goals he's got this season? I think it's twenty. Yeah. Yeah, so there you go. So players like that that are coming on for cameo roles, but at the end of the campaign, they could become crucial for us in terms of like injuries and suspensions and what have you. And I think like the way the way Steve Clark is just like me, he's obviously twenty six players in the squad now, but it could easily become 30, 35 in terms of players pick up injury suspensions. It's the unit is there. I, I I do believe in the squad, and I think with the next campaign, if we get a win against Georgia and a draw against Norway, at least. Then that's you can't ask much better than that. 
yeah, no, as you said about the, it's just the depth of the team now, um, mm. which obviously, you know, it puts us, uh, you know, it's, it's such a big positive and, you know, let's just hope they do the business in, in June. So for the final part of the show, Pierce will now give his Asian football roundup. Yeah, so there's a bit of news breaking out of South Korea because um, there's a new Kim and Jay played yesterday, and after after the game, uh, he was talking about fat fatigue. He says, "I'm mentally tired, and I just want to focus on my club right now, not the national team." And uh, and the Korean journalist and Korean media getting mental, thinking he's going to retire at the age of twenty six. And more news to back this up as well. Um, that he's, I don't think he's going to retire, obviously, but. It's still massive news, and then the fact is, after the game, him and Son, oh, he blocked Son on social media, which is your captain, so that's not really a great start to cleanse me, you know, when you have to deal with your, your best central defender and your captain falling out. Um, So I, I can I can see in the next camp for South Korea that Kim and Jay won't be a part of it. Obviously, talking about South Korea, um, they drew their first game, um. 2-2 against uh, Colombia, Son getting two goals on Friday, and then they lost narrowly to Uruguay, uh, 2-1 uh, yesterday morning, um, and it was a ve- they, they played very well, um, at the back they looked quite suspect in the counter-attack because like, Uruguay were very, very um, pragmatic in their approach, but once they went forward, players like Federico Valverde, he just, he just shows his class like, in terms of just going forward. Um, but and obviously it was Val drama in that game as well because uh, two goals were ruled out for South Korea to even get a pot to get. A, also, they were two friendlies, but they were very um, highly competitive. And uh, oh, young goal for Celtic um, scored an absolute screamer, but he was literally marginally offside uh, to deny him a goal. But um, no, they looked pretty good, South Korea and uh, Japan. Similarly, they they got a draw and a defeat against the same sides, and. Um, I think um, maybe Japan will be regretting not calling up uh, Kyogo or Hatate because um, I think they lacked the, they didn't really look a goal for it, to be honest, because uh, they lost 2-1 to Colombia yesterday and uh, they drew 1-1 with Uruguay on Friday. Yeah, so that's the kind of Asian football news. So Japan and Korea, both um, not, not the start they wanted in terms of the national break, but... Um, I think they're trying it more players. Japan were definitely trying it more players based in the J League, and it, just, it didn't work. And I think the manager would be under extreme pressure to call Kyogo, who is obviously the highest scoring goal, uh, high goal scoring Japanese forward. Um, thank you, Pierce, and thank you everyone for listening to this episode of the Football Shagu podcast. This podcast will be available to listen to on the Football Shagu YouTube channel and also the Football Sugar website. Thanks for listening, and see you soon. Bye-bye.